Welcome back to episode nine of the Run It Three Ways podcast. This week, it's just the two of us because as we speak, Callum is on a plane to Australia to give the inside running boys a good hide in. In today's episode, we've got my first race of the year to get into, as well as another romantic trip in London that ended up with Tom and I in the same hotel room again. Tom Folan from ProDirect, how are you doing tonight? Oh, hello, Ben. That was a lovely intro. Um, I particularly enjoyed the part about Callum giving uh, the Aussie boys a good hiding. Yeah, that's that's um, why he's going to Australia, isn't it? Yeah, he's running like a little two k race or something as well, yeah. a relay challenge. But yeah, that's he, the main purpose of it. He is a Welsh lad that can fight after all. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what? Actually, on that topic, um, the big boy Brady, the big dog of the Insight Running podcast, gave me a little follow on Strava. Did he now? Yeah, saw it this afternoon. Lucky Didn't boy. Didn't one though, did he, Ben? Didn't I don't think one. so, no. I, li- I had a check on my um, on my followers list and he wasn't there. So, yeah, he's obviously got a favourite, fair enough. Uh, that's all right. Uh, to be honest, right, you've got flipping heck. You've got 17,000. Is that right? Or is that yeah, it's, it's pretty 17, hefty. 000. Jesus Christ. Yeah, if you've got 17,000 followers on Strava, I'm, a... <laughs> I'm over here on 681. So, there if, we go. You know. If well, if you're listening, go and give uh, Tom a follow. We're averaging about 4,000 um, listeners at the moment, so that should be 4,000 more um, Strava followers after tonight's episode, I think. Yeah, come on, guys. I'll, I'll put a bit more effort in on my Strava. I mean, we, right? d- we literally go through our Strava weeks every, every week, so there's no reason really to follow <laughs> us unless you want a bit of a, a preview of the week. Yeah, well, the, the exclusive 30-minute easy run on a Monday morning. Oh. Um, uh, but yeah, I thought we'd just talk quickly about why Callum isn't here. So, all jokes aside, he's on the he's on the plane as we speak. He had about an hour of free Wi-Fi a couple of hours ago, um, but he chose to watch the the Leeds game. Leeds beat Manchester. I didn't even see how they got on. He's a big Leeds fan. Probably lost. He's Did a massive you, Leeds fan. Do you know any football results? I don't really keep up these days. Oh, do you know what? I have absolutely no idea about football. Uh, I didn't want to say this to Callum, but when we watched. Leeds, Nottingham Forest in the pub, yeah. in the Irish pub last weekend. I didn't have a clue like what it was. I didn't know if it was. I don't know if both those teams are in the Premier League now. I don't know if that was. I think they like, are, yeah. Some, yeah, bloody hell. Yeah, times have changed. Certainly have. Uh, I was into football. Yeah, I used to follow football, but I haven't done for the last two or three years. Probably since I got into running more in a big way, I've sort of forgotten about football. But you used so, to, <laughs> you used to have a bit of a career in football, though, didn't you? So that surprises me you don't keep up with it. Yeah, I used to kick a ball around a little bit, didn't I? Yeah, you did. This life. Yeah. Um, one of the one of the listener questions actually is about uh, Callum and what happened on his on his football journey. Yeah. I can, um, I be... can I, I suppose should have a little kick about at some point. Oh, do you know what? When I lived in Sweden, I had a couple of friends come out um, to to visit, and there's a football pitch literally outside our house. Um, so we were like, "Oh, should we go for a kick about?" But I'd, I'd been running for about a year, two years at this point, and hadn't played any football since I was about four, 16, 17. And the next day I woke up after this little kickabout, maybe 30-minute kickabout, and I was so achy, like more so than any gym session I do or any long run I do. I think it was just like the movement of from like side to side, running yeah. such a like lateral sport. Um, whenever I do anything that isn't running, I just have to be really careful about getting injuries now. I don't know about you. Yeah, exact same thing happened to me over the Christmas break when I wasn't running much at all. You know, in the early days of the podcast, when I was doing like thirty minutes every other day, yeah, um, I had a bit of a kick around, did did some did some footy skills, mm-hmm. and I was in pieces for about a week afterwards. Like my glutes were sore, 
like my, my shins hurt, like everything. So yeah, yeah so strange. Yeah. The football's in the garage now, and it won't be won't be coming out anytime soon. Also, uh, yeah, Leeds lost two 0 to Man United. Uh, uh, sorry, Callum. Yeah, sorry, Callum. Enjoy your rest of your flight, anyway. Yeah, we went off on a massive tangent there, didn't we? We did indeed. Yeah. Should we um, yeah. do a bit of setting the scene? Callum did such a good job of that last week on on the show, um, talking we- through what we had for dinner, what what knives you got for Christmas. He <laughs> did. It was beautiful, wasn't it? So. Um, all right then, so I dropped Summer off with, with her mum about an hour and a half ago. Um, I've not been home all week, as we'll get into in our, when, we, when we talk about our training weeks and whatnot. So I had no food. Actually, I did an Ocado order, and I felt proper adult about it <laughs> like a week and a half ago. And uh, I ate barely anything that I got ordered, so it's all just sort of out of date. In oh no, been so, so busy, I haven't been at home to eat it precisely that so I, I didn't really have any food in the house i was bloody knackered after the week so i just had a fairly slutty burger delivered ben. nice um one of them burgers that after you've eaten it you feel like you need a shower immediately <laughs> so greasy <laughs> yeah horrible so that that's me I, then i again I, I cleaned my kitchen which i did before the last episode as well um lovely little routine yeah, yeah why not even before sitting down and talking about running and that's me i'm sat in bed I've got some OTE, uh, a little multi-vit on the go, because they're my current obsession, apparently. Lovely stuff. It. Sunday evening. What about you, Ben? Yeah, I've um, I've been in the house about probably an hour, maybe an hour and a half. Um, we were up in Norwich today, had a 10k race, which we'll jump into in just a minute. Um, so me and Meg were up in up in the lovely Norfolk for the weekend. Um, so we've just got back and had uh, spaghetti carbonara, which I think correct me if I'm wrong, is the best meal that you can make in under 15 minutes. Yeah, see, I saw you put this in the little show notes thing and it, it got my brain whirring around trying to think of other 15-minute meals. And all the ones that I could come up with did involve pasta. But mm-hmm. I make I make this like uh, similar, to be fair, but like a creamy cashew cheesy pasta sauce, right, mm. where you, you soak your, uh, your, your almonds, <laughs> you, soak, <laughs> you soak your cashews in some warm water for a bit until they go nice and soft. Um, and then you stick them in a blender with a little bit of almond milk, oat milk, whatever milk tickles your fancy, um, bit of uh, bit of salt, uh, crush some garlic, stick that in there, and uh, whiz it all up. And then yeah, just mix it into mix it into your pasta, and it's bloody delicious. Sometimes you can go a bit more fancy, you know, fry off some mushrooms and whatnot, and stick that in there. Maybe uh, wilt a bit of spinach into it, a bit of rocket, and squeeze a lemon on top. But generally. 15 minutes you're golden and it's it's bloody lovely so there's another recipe uh from the run it three ways podcast we should start a bloody cookbook at this point we, we certainly should yeah we've got um callum's nan's what was it i can't even remember what it was now beef casserole a casserole yeah yeah and now we've got tom's what nutty nutty creamy pasta what's cashew the name pasta. for it yeah <clears throat> creamy cashew pasta and we had um tim listen to tim and his uh chicken and veg stew oh yeah well, so, there we go there cookbook is, a, is well on its way to its first edition i reckon by what 10 15 episodes we'll have enough for a cookbook good bit of merch that wouldn't it forget your t-shirts nobody wants a t-shirt with run it three ways written on it run it three ways cookbook there we go if there's any uh cookbook authors out there that want to help us out then uh yeah get in touch yeah fantastic right should uh, we um, anyway, yeah, jump in some that. training weeks yeah give us give us your race week then no worries so yeah 146 kilometers for the week 
Um, it was a bit of a reduce in overall uh, volume this week. Intensity sort of stayed, stayed the same. Um, I'm two weeks out now from the Osaka Marathon, but I did have a race um, on the Sunday. So I decided to take it a little bit easier. Not too easy, though, after one of the runs with uh, with Tom, which definitely wasn't in the plan. But anyway, we'll get onto that in a minute. <laughs> oh, dear. And yeah, finished, finished the the week with a lovely race but um let me kick you off with monday morning was that the 6th of february Can i think it tell? must be yeah i think it must yeah. be so i th- went out for a morning run in the asic super blast i've got that last week so i think this was my first proper longer run in that shoe i'm really enjoying it it's such a nice shoe to be honest with you um if people don't know about the the super blast it's like asics have taken their carbon racing shoe foam and put it into like a daily trainer, which is like max stack height, super, super comfortable. Um, and it's unusual to have like a maxed, max cushioned shoe that's also responsive and lightweight. I don't know if you've tried it at all, Tom. Yeah, especially without a plate in it as well. But mm. it's really nice to have a shoe like this. And the, the Super Blast as well is a lot lighter than Invincible 3 or um, more V4 from New Balance or, or something or like, like that. like a Hocker so, Bondi, that type oh, thing. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Bondi is it's like a brick in it. You could probably assemble some IKEA flat pack furniture <laughs> with that, use it as a mallet or a hammer. It's definitely it's a, good. Yeah, a, a weapon of a shoe. Um, so, yeah, it's, I've, I've, got, I've got a pair, but <laughs> I've, I've never actually worn them. Oh, um, really? Yeah. So I might have to do that, Ben, after, after this. Yeah, give them a go. They're quite, I don't know, they're not the best like out and out easy day shoe because they have got a bit more of a like firmer responsive foam they're not like cushion like your invincible would be so yes they're max cushion but they don't have the same sort of recovery benefit i don't think as something like uh the invincible or bondi would have yeah fair enough um but moving on to monday evening went down to pure gym molden um shout out to pure gym did a 30 minute uh, strength and conditioning workout with Meg's cousin Hannah, as we do every Monday. Um, it's nice to get that little bit of strength and conditioning. And then I jumped on the treadmill for uh, five miles easy. So 8.06 kilometers at 409 per kilometer pace. Um, Hannah didn't wait for me this, this week. She just got back in her car and drove home and made me drive myself home. So we had to take two cars to the gym, which wasn't very um, environmentally friendly. But there we go. She had, uh, Not at all. She wanted to be home that half an hour quicker. She wasn't willing to wait and she doesn't like the treadmill, so she won't run. I said, jump on the cross trainer, do some cross training. But she wasn't having it. So, yep, got left in the gym on my own. And I did a nice little five miles there on the treadmill to finish off the day. Then on Tuesday, I did a bit of a double session day. Um, this, in the morning, I did one of my favorite sessions um, to do, which is a under over threshold session. Um, I think I've talked about this once before on the podcast, so I won't spend too much time on it. But yeah, 10 minutes basically under threshold, and then you take a 90 seconds rest and do 10 minutes above threshold. So for me, that was 10 minutes at 3.23 per kilometer, uh, which feels nice and comfortable. And then 10 minutes at 3.06 per kilometre, which which feels fairly uncomfortable. And then you go back to the 10, 10 minutes at under, then do another 10 minutes at over, and then finish with a 10 minutes at under. So total 50 minutes of work, um, really good session. And yeah, the last, I've written here, the last time I completed that workout for the same place, I ran uh, 67.15 in Copenhagen. A little interesting fact. So yeah, yeah I, was, I just read that. I was feeling pretty fit after that one, I'm not going to lie. Um, was excited to, to see where the fitness was at on the race on Sunday. 
Yeah, and also, uh, by the looks of it, you did, yeah, what, like 3K warm-up and, and just under 3K cool-down as mm-hmm. well for that. Yeah. Um, and in the mixer, you must have run for, I don't know, 115 something for the half? Yeah, in, something like that. that session. Yeah, not, not too shabby, that, Ben. Not bad at all, no. Not too shabby. Um, so because the session was quite big in terms of volume, it was 21 point eight K at three thirty six per kilometer. So I was feeling pretty knackered um after that one. But I decided to go down to the track um as I do on Tuesday evenings um to see what the boys were up to at Chelsea AC. Um with the intention of sort of doing a warm up and seeing if I felt all right. I'd, if I was okay I'd do a jump in with one of the, the guys' sessions, help them out with a bit of pacing, that sort of thing. So yeah, three point five K warm up, our lovely little warm up loop. I think I've got the map hidden here. Didn't mean to do that. Um, average pace, 4.44 per kilometre. And then I jumped in with my teammate, Luke. He was doing a threshold workout. Only 18 minutes of threshold work. But he is more of a, a 15, 8, 1500 runner. So I guess threshold to him is a little bit different to us uh, marathon boys. But the rep pace was pretty good in terms of my threshold. It's not far off. Um, 3.20 per kilometre average with three minutes jog recoveries. Um, I don't usually do jog recoveries, so that added a little bit of volume to that session. Um, but overall, it felt pretty comfortable, and it was nice just to sort of do a second, slightly more intense uh, run in the evening. But it wasn't quite my usual sort of double threshold um, workout because the morning workout was that that little bit bigger in volume. Yeah, and then sense. I did a little warm down, had a shower, and drove home they've got showers at, at the track and i've never made use of them until recently and it's been it's been a game changer that is a winner that do you know what it's, it just might sound weird but i hate having a shower after a run i find it such like a an inconvenience it is a bit like, of a chore sometimes I just, yeah i just can't be bothered a lot of the time i always do it don't worry I, I don't go days with running without showering but just stand in the bathroom and think oh do I have to? <laughs> Do you ever um, get into bed at night and then realise you haven't had a shower and you feel like almost your legs feel like a little bit greasy and not very nice? <laughs> Do you ever get no, that? But, no, I've never done that. But sometimes if I go for a run at lunchtime, uh, I'll get back and I won't have time to shower before, like, uh, you know, a team's call or something. So I'll sit there and like work a few hours the rest of the day. Mm-hmm. And afterwards, you just feel horrible. Like, it's not very nice. So... Yeah, yeah, I think just get in, get out straight away. Yeah, so exactly. Having them at the track, so yeah, it's a winner. Yeah, so I, I jump in the shower straight after the workout, get clean, so it means when I get home, I can just get straight into bed and and um, go to sleep because we don't finish our track workouts on Tuesdays until about nine o'clock. So it's, yeah, it's so late. It's getting on quite quite late if you don't um, if you don't have a shower at the track. So there you go, top tip for Chancellor AC athletes: use the showers. Get home, have a little bit of a cry and go to bed. Perfect. <laughs> a little bit of a cry. Yeah, I usually <laughs> skip that bit, but anyway. <laughs> it's good for you. A little, little cry every now and again. Yeah, true. Uh, so on to Wednesday. I got out very late on Wednesday. Blimey, look at that. Not until 2.49. That's how you know you're a YouTube content creator full time, when you can go for a run at 2.49 yeah. in the afternoon. I had a proper busy day that day with with YouTube content and meetings and stuff. So hence why I didn't get out until the evening. <laughs> um, and I, yeah, just the one run that day. Nice and easy. 10 kilometers at 4.23 per kilometer pace. 
um, got Britain here, sunshine and black ice. There was still ice on the road, even at that time. I think in the shade, it was still really slippery. Um, and I wore the Invincible 3, which actually handled the conditions pretty well. Um, mm. And yeah, loving that shoe as well. I think I'm about 20 kilometers off, off hitting 100 miles. So expect a 100-mile review coming to YouTube pretty soon. Compare it to the Invincible 2. Um, but yeah, I'm really enjoying that shoe as well. I know you are as well, Tom. Yeah, I'm liking it. I'm liking it. I think objectively it is just a better shoe mm. than the one and the two. It might not be as fun or as bouncy or blah, blah, blah as the the other two versions. But in terms of being a better shoe overall, mm. uh, yeah, I agree with your sentiments, Ben. Yeah, a few things actually to touch on about the Invincible 3. I've had quite a lot of messages about heel slipping. Yeah. Um, and for those that don't know of or haven't used the runner's knot, then that completely um sorts out that issue basically so if you've got the invincible three and you are finding you're getting a bit of heel slip in try a runner's knot if you don't know what it is uh look it up on on youtube there's plenty of videos for it or sometimes called the heel lock um mm. just basically loop your laces through and then it just means that it doesn't move about as much especially in the heel area so if you're having issues with heel slippage give that a go yeah i, I think it's an interesting one. It's obviously a different heel design compared to the other two versions, and it's a bit more of like a sock-like fit, I suppose. Yeah. A bit more like the Alpha Fly almost. Um, but I've not, not had any issues with it. It doesn't feel as secure. You don't have as much contact around the ankle and Achilles area as you do on Invincible One or Two. But I don't, I don't have any actual heel slippage with it while no. I'm running. The only I'm thing I can relate to is different. when I did put it on, I for the first time i did feel a little bit of slipping around there but it probably wasn't enough for me to to be concerned but if i can see why people have had sort of an issue with that compared to the invincible 2 because mm. yeah the invincible 2 had a lot more padding which just meant you were so much more secure in the in the heel area yeah proper beefcake that shoe isn't it around the um yeah so heel counts and the tongue and everything else um, anyway, you've got another <laughs> another lovely shoe on your. I know, yeah, week. blimey, it's it's a shoe heavy week in terms of testing. Um, so many new shoes come out recently. I I don't remember this time last year being so crazy with with shoe releases. But as as always, it's really nice to to be able to test them all out. Um, so on Thursday, I did a lovely little tune up session. This was going to be my last sort of um, effort for the week. It was two by a kilometer and six by 30 seconds. Um, this is my go-to uh, race, pre-race workout, by the way. No matter what the race distance, it gives me good confidence, um, gets my legs turning over, at usually a quicker pace than I need to for the race. Um, so just when I come to the race day, I just know that I'm, I'm ready to run fast, basically. Um, and yeah, wore the Puma Deviate Nitro Elite 2 for this. Um, it's actually the first time I've run in the in the Nitro Elite um, range. I didn't run in the original. And this is a shoe that's coming out. Oh, t Tom, you'll probably know a bit better than me, but coming out in the next couple of weeks, isn't it? Yeah, it should be, like at the time of recording this, it should be within a week or so. But Puma's yeah. delivery dates and whatnot are all over the gaff. Um, but yeah, it'll be here soon <laughs> if you want it. Yeah, so um, yes, yeah, good shoe, nice grip. The weight is very light. Um, it's comfortable at all paces. I actually did race in the shoe today. Um, for me, it doesn't quite give me the same energy return as some of the top dogs in the super shoe game. Um, but it sort of fits in the market around that, like, I don't know, like a Saucony Endorphin uh, Pro for me. That is sort of like 
not the top tier, but it's certainly up there in terms of of being a good super shoe. And I think it's going to be a little bit more expensive than some of the the two hundred and eighty pound jobs that that are coming out. So, yeah, one to look out for. Um, I think it'll be suited more to your mid pack marathon runner. Um, so somebody who's aiming to run, I don't know, anything from three and a half hours up to six hours. I think you'll really get on with this in terms of having that carbon fiber plate offering you that increase in inefficiency, but it won't necessarily be a favorite amongst the faster guys. I don't know. That's, that's just my first impressions. Obviously I've only done two runs in it so far. Um, but yeah, very comfortable at all paces. Mm. Rose Harvey was first Brit home at London Marathon in DV8 Nitro Elite 2, so it can't be, can't be that bad. But exactly, I know, yeah. I know what you mean. It's, it's one of those where it's like, it's not as exciting or sexy as some of the other shoes out there. Yeah, I think that's what it is. When you've got it on, it doesn't feel like, whoa, like this is a big change from what I was running in yeah. the day before in terms of, a neat, of, in terms of my daily trainers. But when you pick up the pace, you can tell it's like a fast shoe. It's got that snappy underfoot feel, but it just doesn't, it's not, yeah, not quite as fun as something like your Alpha Flies, your Vapor Flies. Even yeah. the Fastar from from Puma, I find a lot more um, exciting and poppy underfoot. Yeah, absolutely. Um, moving on to Friday, I'm, I'm very excited for you to take, take us <laughs> through this run, Ben. Yeah, so on Thursday evening, um, no, yeah, Thursday evening, um, we were down in London. We had two events to go to. Very, <laughs> as some Dougie said in your comments, um, on your Instagram post, very Hollywood. Um, we went to the ASICS launch of the Gel Nimbus 25. And then w- about half an hour later, we were down at the on running store on uh, Regent Street, their first store in the UK. So it's pretty big, big um, opening for them uh, at seven o'clock. So yeah, that was that was a fun evening. Ended for me with with quite a few beers, I think probably five or six, which is quite a lot for me. I usually have a limit of one or two. So yeah, I had an interesting walk back to my hotel room. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. For, for context as well, this was um, Ben didn't technically have a hotel room for the night. But I didn't know. An employee of Pro Direct Running who will rena- remain anonymous for this uh, <laughs> didn't actually end up staying over, so managed to weasel Ben into the hotel. I hope no one from Essex is listening to this. I'm sure um, they're not. I'm not, I mean, it doesn't matter. I made use of an empty room at the yeah, end of the day. It was paid for. So, yeah, very exactly. economical. And, and I gave ASICs some good promotion across my social media channels. So, um, yeah. yeah, I think I earned that hotel room. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fuck it. Yeah. Um, so, anyway, the next day after that boozy night out, um, I didn't get a late night, to be fair. But, you know, having drunk a fair bit of alcohol, you never really sleep very well. And this hotel considering it was in a fancy part of London, was pretty pretty bang average. I think even Premier Inns are, are better than, than the hotel we stayed in. Oh, 100%. 100%. You say it wasn't a late night. It was it was well after midnight. You were still doing bloody Instagram stories and whatnot. Like, yeah, that is true. In the event at about quarter past midnight. I yeah, probably got to, go to bed. Got, got to sleep at about one, two. Um, but yes, yeah. single beds in a hotel room. And it was very hard not very nice sleep um but anyway woke up the next day 7 a.m with the lovely tom and we went for a 10 mile run uh around regent's park this 10 mile run which is 16 kilometers for those of you in kilometers turned into 24 kilometers um to be fair i, I normally wouldn't be that bothered um i'm always up for getting more mileage in 
Um, it was only that I had a race sort of in not the next day, the day after that it probably dawned on me as we were finishing the run. It probably wasn't the best idea to to do this one with Tom. But uh, anyway, it was your session. So uh, I'll let you explain this one. Yeah, I might as well do it now, really. And I'll we'll just skip past it in my week. So basically, it wasn't much of a, it wasn't like a big session it's just Andy likes to put a solid amount of steady running into a week so this was 10 miles 16k with the first 8k at about four four minute k's so not easy but not that kind of tempo type effort just uh I don't know what you'd call it just comfortably fun running yeah right four minute k's and then the second 8k at 340 per k so getting going a little bit more uh but still nothing too too crazy but with runs like this, where we were staying is very central London, right? So you step out of the hotel and there's traf- like loads of traffic light crossings everywhere. It's busy. Like you really need to find a park that you can run laps around in London to do a run like this. You can't just head straight out the door and start doing four minute Ks. So Regent's Park was fairly close, but I didn't have a pocket on like my tights that I was wearing. Ben, you didn't have a pocket on the shorts you were wearing. So I just had a quick look whilst I was on the toilet to, um, to see <laughs> how we got to Regent's Park. And it said it was about a mile away. It looked easy enough. So we head out the door. Uh, ended up doing, what, more like two, two and a bit miles to get to the park? Yeah, we had to ask some builders which way is Regent's Park because we'd already been running for about two miles at this point and <laughs> you said it was about a mile. So we knew we'd gone wrong somewhere. And having a look at the map now, we went past it after about, a kilometer we, could, we should have just turned left and we'd, yeah, we'd have been there but instead we went right to the very north of the park which we were staying in at south of the park so i don't quite know how how we managed that but anyway we got there eventually did a lovely little 10 miles quite enjoyed that actually i don't really do any runs like that in my in my training week i do sort of steadier runs when i do my long run um but it was nice to do a bit of bit of speed Speed work's not really speed work, is it like tempo work or steady running yeah, um, yeah. on on a sort of longer midweek run. So I quite enjoyed it. Um, but the beers did did uh, come back to, to bite me, didn't they, Tom? They did, yeah. So <laughs> first of all, we met a lovely um, uh, a lovely fan of Ben's called Gustav. Oh, yeah, I remember Gustav. Ran, ran with us for a little bit. And then yeah. uh, everything was going swimmingly, you know, feeling pretty good despite the total lack of sleep and, and whatnot. And then with about literally 2K to go, so you made it the whole way, the, the conversation fell off a cliff and I realised that Ben was uh, was struggling with his bowels a little bit. Yeah. So we had to dip off into a bush and, um, yeah, go go for a go for a poo. <laughs> Lovely. I'm, yeah. glad you, I'm glad you said that out loud. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that was exciting. I got 6K so close. The, yeah, the second rep was was 8K in duration. And I was like, I'm, I'm not going to make it. <laughs> and uh, yeah, had to jump in a bush. Uh, not pretty. Not not um, something I'm proud of, but it had to be done because um, that was not going to stay inside of me. Anyway, too much information there. No, I am gonna sh- no, no, no. It's not too much information. I'm going to shame you on this as well. We didn't wipe. I didn't. Everybody. He did not wipe. I couldn't. What was I going to wipe with? I was like, I've got to catch Tom up. So I, I just stopped at 2K and I must have been, I, I, when I'd finished the, the, the whole 10 miles and I must have only been waiting, what, a couple of minutes, three, four minutes maybe for you to come back. I was thinking, how have you done that so quickly? And it's Magic, not as mate. if, I'm looking at your splits and it's not as if you like absolutely motored the last, you know, K or so to, to catch up. It was a little bit quicker, 
Yeah. So you really must have just squatted down and then carried on your merry way like nothing happened. Exactly, yeah. It's good that. You Jumped. and Callum are very efficient at this wild... Yeah, that's true. Wild uh, poo malarkey. Very well um, practised. Yeah, it takes me a lot longer. Sorry if anyone's eating their dinner. I don't know why you would be watching, listening to this rather whilst eating your dinner. But if you are, or eating your breakfast, um, sorry. Hopefully sorry hopefully people can relate to that. It's not something I make a habit of doing, but it just had to be done. There's yeah. no other way about it. Yeah, absolutely. But also, you can't talk nonsense about, oh, it was meant to be 10 miles and we ended up <laughs> doing more. Because you went out and did bloody another run. You did 40 minutes that afternoon. I did, yeah. Got home, got home from all that travelling and thought, oh, I need, I need to stretch the legs out. They're feeling a bit tight after that three forties per k in the morning. So yeah, got a little, little top up in nine k oh. at four twenty sevens in the afternoon. It's good Ben Felton logic that I've done too much running this morning. I'm racing on Sunday. I know what I'll do. I'll just do more miles. Yeah, exactly. Just do some more miles. Yeah, make your legs feel better. Fantastic. Okay, Saturday. We're nearly there. Nearly there. So Saturday, lovely morning for it went down to my local park run as i do pretty much most saturdays at the moment um with my little sister and mum they fancied doing the park run um and seb was down there this week my teammate from chelmsford he's had a bit of an injury um well he's had a, a quite a long period of injury unfortunately um he's a really good runner i think his pb is around 15 minutes for 5k um but he's probably in around well he, he ran 18 30 at this park run and it was a bit of a steadier run for him so it's nice to see him again um we don't we've been doing a little bit of running but as as he comes back from injury it's, hopefully we'll be be running together a lot more because he only lives about five ten minutes up the road from me so um oh, that's lovely. quite handy so i did a little warm-up with him um hence why this run was actually 10 kilometers in duration and not my usual 5k park run um, so i did a warm-up with seb then i went for um a lovely easy park run with my sister i think we averaged about 540 per kilometer um just jogging along easy pace for my sister as well um really nice had a lovely brie and cranberry cranberry croissant at the end from the local coffee shop which is a bit of a tradition as well um mrs salisbury if you ever fancy doing molden prom um go in there grab a coffee and a croissant because they're really really good and then i finished with a little bit of a warm down with Seb because he'd done a bit of a harder effort. And then I did four strides to get the legs again prepped for the weekend, which was my race, which I'll probably should start talking about, really, considering that's probably what um, <laughs> the main focus of my week was. Done about half hour of the rest of the week. And then just, yeah, you did a race. You ran 32, just 3204. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's it. Okay, I'll give you I'll give you a bit of a race um, recap. So the race was up in in Norwich, Norfolk, as I said in the intro. Um, me and Meg stayed in a lovely little log cabin last night um, in the middle of nowhere, about five miles from that. the start. Yeah, it looked lovely. I saw you sitting in front of the fire. Um, oh, it was really nice. It was so cold when we got into the cabin. We were a bit worried that we'd made the wrong decision because it was considering it's February, but um, as soon as you got the fire going, it got pretty toasty in there, actually. Just a little Airbnb jobby, was it? Yeah, I think it was about £100 for the night um, in rural Norfolk. Got fish and chips that evening, and yeah, nice just to head down to a race the night before, just so it's not like getting up at ridiculous o'clock in the morning and yeah. having to try and get down to the start line. So that was nice. Definitely would do that again, and it was nice to make a bit more of a, a weekend away rather than it just be like 
going up for a race, which can sometimes be a bit of an inconvenience, especially for Meg Blesser having to stand outside in the cold. So at least we got a little bit of a what feels like a holiday. Um, so yeah, the race itself was a race I did the previous year, and I ran thirty two oh one in twenty twenty two, and this year I ran thirty two oh four. So a couple of seconds slower. Um, if I'm totally honest with you, I was hoping to to run around. 31 30 for this this race it's not a fast course and um, there's quite a lot of lumps and bumps especially in the first half of the race um so yeah the race started i went out with uh i think it's, he's called ruben he's a really talented runner from uh the city of norwich ac i've raced him once before i think um so i knew when i saw him at the start line he was going to be the guy to to beat basically um and i got to about 3k with him breathing's all under control um, his breathing was quite heavy actually but he went on to win so that sometimes goes to show like it's not always who who sounds like they're working the hardest comes out on top um, but my legs were just pretty knackered to be honest with you um, yeah. I think this is probably the sixth week of marathon training um, and I definitely could feel that after after the 3k point he's there started to be a little gap appear and as soon as that gap appeared I just knew I didn't have that extra gear today um it's probably if i was a car i had five gears i was sort of stuck in gear four and just couldn't change up um when i needed to uh but overall good effort good hard effort it probably was more of a threshold effort in terms of heart rate but it was not not because i couldn't sort of push any more in terms of heart rate it was just my legs were knackered um so i had to just settle for 313 per kilometer pace instead of my 10k pb pace which is around 305 so yeah i can't lie i was a little bit disappointed i was hoping to do a little bit better but i understand mm. why the race didn't quite go my way um it's not an a, a goal race and tapered all that sort of stuff so yeah at the end of the day a really good effort met some lovely people down there some some people who've been following me on youtube for the past year um met a lovely little boy um who actually his mum messaged me in the year saying he wanted a ben is running themed birthday party bear in mind he's about five years old um so i sent him a voice note at the time saying thanks so much for watching sorry that's that's really sent me honestly a lovely family his dad pb'd as well i think he ran 35 something which is he said he'd never run under 36 minutes before so dad had got a pb but he wasn't interested in what dad had run it was all about ben is running so um yeah if he's listening what, what would a ben is running theme birthday party i don't like? know what would don't that know. entail just a picture of your face on the cake yeah a couple of <laughs> team varga hats instead of party hats um we'd have i don't know a couple of coffees i'm sure five-year-old kids would enjoy some some flat whites oh my god everybody gets a little insta 360 and then goodie bag <laughs> <laughs> yeah something like that oh god i need to pull myself together but that yeah, was good say this kid's five years old well, yeah, I think he's probably about somewhere between five and ten. I'm not very good at guessing kids' ages. <laughs> somewhere between five and ten. Yeah. Oh, it's quite a broad spectrum, that, Ben. It was. Um, but, yeah, a bit more about the race. I was in second place until about 8K to go. And the guy who was in third place at the time came past me. Um, and I stuck with him for a bit. And then, if I'm totally honest, I just my head wasn't there. I didn't want to race for second place. Um I was trying to trying to go for the win. My legs were feeling pretty knackered. Um, so I just let him run off into the sunset and finish third. Yeah, there we go. I think I think you've got to um 
you got to bear in mind as well, like you say, you've done one, two, three, four, five. I'm on your Strava, by the way. Six, like six big, big weeks, right? Mm. Between 138 and up to what, 162-ish K for the yeah. week. You're training for a marathon. You're not training for a little 10K in Norwich. Yeah. Uh, and you still ran 32, you know, oh, what was it? 3204. Yeah. 3204, yeah. Yeah. So to do that on heavy legs when you've got two weeks until your marathon is, I don't think you need to be hanging your head in shame no. about that at all. No, just for, just for context, it's about a minute, just over a minute off my PB. So yeah, mm. I'm sure you can relate. If you, if you raced a, a 10 K and you were a minute off your PB, you wouldn't necessarily be, be over the moon with it, but it, it certainly was a good effort. Um, pretty chuffed with it to be honest, but yeah, that'll, that'll do good. The purpose of that run is to prep the legs ready for Osaka so that when I start running at marathon pace, hopefully it feels a lot more comfortable comfortable than it would have had I not done something faster in the in the weeks before. But um, yeah. yeah, it was good to also to sort of get the fire lit again in the belly, if you know what I mean, with getting back to racing because it was my first race in about two or three months. Um, yeah, I was going to say, it's rare for you that, isn't it? Yeah, I usually race a lot more and I think moving forward, I will I will stick to that, to be honest with you, because... Yeah, it just reminds you of, of what a race feels like, the sort of the difference between a race and a training session. Um, I think for me, the more I race, the more I can get stuck into to the racing atmosphere and push myself that little bit further. Um, yeah. So looking ahead, I'll definitely race a little bit more. I'm a big fan of sort of doing races to get fitness. So race yourself to fitness. Um, and I've always done that throughout the last sort of three or four years of my running journey. So I'd like to race more, get some harder efforts in, basically learn to hurt i know that sounds terrible but if if you're trying to run fast you've got to be comfortable with a bit of pain um that's just David Goggins, that, isn't it? it is a bit yeah um oh but yeah it was good to to get the motivation pumping as well so I'm, I'm keen to get out to osaka now and and give it a good crack um but yeah that's my week a total of 146 kilometers 10 hours 58 minutes of running how about you tom good. how did you get on good bloody week um yeah, this week was probably the busiest working week of my life so far, I think. It was really? just carnage, yeah. Because yeah. we had the Hoka event last weekend and obviously the race on Monday. Then I was at home on the Monday and then straight off again to London for the whole week on, on the Tuesday afternoon. So, yeah, it was it was wild, but very, very good working week. Um, very good week outside of work as well. For a- yeah, you've done well to to bank that much mileage and that much work you must be absolutely knackered now yeah i was absolutely battered on saturday as we'll get to but yeah it's been a been a lovely week so monday um what did i do monday yeah easy 60 minutes 432 pace up and down the canal uh body pulled up really well after the race on sunday which is what i was most happy about felt to be honest pretty much normal Mm. um I know it can take a couple of days sometimes for doms and whatnot to, to kick in. Um, but yeah, out and back down the canal, some, some Motown classics in the headphones, apparently, according to according to Strava. Should go um, to at the moment, isn't it? It is, yeah. I've, I've got an eclectic mix of, of musical taste, Ben. Um, but yeah, that was Monday. And then Tuesday, uh, easy to steady 10K. Uh, I think I was a bit tired on this one, to be honest, because I didn't run that fast. And I remember the effort level being a little bit higher than normal yeah so that was 10k uh, 402 average um but starting at yeah starting pretty slow about 450 and then to be fair it got down to about 335 by the end but yeah just 
higher effort than normal. Then four by 100 meter strides um, after that as a separate Strava up- upload. So gone back to me old ways there. Sounds good. And then Tuesday afternoon, like I say, travelled up to London. Um, ended up in an incredibly swanky hotel, totally by chance. It was cheaper than a Holiday Inn. It was cheaper than the Premier Inn. It was oh. cheaper than the Travelodge in Stratford. Um, it's the Gantry, if anyone's, anyone's ever stayed there. Um, bloody lovely. When I went to check-in, she was calling me Sir and all sorts. Like, Have you been <laughs> to the Gantry before, Sir? So, no, I haven't. I just rocked up in my tracksuit with my, um, with my big suitcase full of running shoes. I wasn't, wasn't expecting it. So that was a nice surprise. Um, but Wednesday was probably the biggest session I've done in a long time, to be honest, um, in terms of pace-wise, more than anything, more than volume. Mm-hmm. Um, and this was an, a pretty early one. So left the hotel at 6.33 in the morning. Uh, I was accompanied by the one and only Dan Pretterjohn aka my boss um brand manager at pro direct running an all-round bloody lovely bloke to be honest um so that was nice it was nice to have a bit of company but we stepped out the the doors of the hotel and there was just so much precipitation in the air there were like <laughs> it was almost like shards of ice that you could see twinkling in the light it was like a scene from frozen or something um and i was just getting flashbacks to the postman tying up my shoelaces and ice all over my oh, legs no. again so I was a bit anxious, to be honest. Um, but because we were staying in Stratford, we're a stone's throw from Victoria Park, which has got like a free dirt track, which isn't the best, but it, it serves a purpose. Mm-hmm. And um, the session I had was a mile, one mile at 5.40. Um, so, yeah, not not that fast, but fast enough to, for me to be working. And then 12 by 400, alternating 75 and 80. Um and then a last mile at 5.30, which is about what I ran um, the, the winter run 10K at. So about 10K pace. Um, so pretty beefy session, to be honest. Yeah, solid work. Did you find uh, that mile at the end was similar sort of effort to the 5.40 at the beginning? Out of interest. Uh, or did it feel harder? Yeah, it's an interesting one. So this, the mile at the end actually felt great. It felt easier than... Um, uh, than the mile at the start. So yeah. in terms of the actual splits themselves, the first mile uh, was five, uh, I've got 546 here, so a little bit slower than what was prescribed. And I think it was so cold. And I should mention as well, it was pitch black when we first started and really misty. And yeah. there's not really any light, uh, like street lights or anything like that around Victoria Park. So it was quite apocalyptic, to be honest. But um, got that done. And then the 400s were spot on really i won't reel off all 12 splits but they were yeah 74 70 uh yeah about 74 uh 78 ish average Mm -hmm. for the for the alternating reps so pretty much spot on there and then the last mile in 531 or 324 per k pace so pretty much exactly what what was on the agenda um and it was nice yeah it was nice to get the legs spinning over a bit quicker again at that sort of 70 three to 75 ish 400 pace uh not done that for a while and it was yeah it, it felt better than i expected to be honest i was dreading this one a little bit just after the race my legs were being a bit tired and whatnot um yeah it was a good one that good so job. even callum's given you a couple of little clap emojis there so he did he, he approved did. of that one yeah he did um i sent him a little i, I think i was replied to his instagram story from the day before of him 
like ripping some four hundreds on the track. Um, so we had a little chit chat. I told him what I had coming up on the cards. Told him it was going to be a bloody early one. So he's just showing his support to his fellow podcast co-host, which is Love lovely. That. Thanks, Callum. Appreciate he, that. He usually just comments abuse on mine, so it's nice yeah. he like he like gives you some some constructive feedback there. Well, there we go. There we go. And then we jogged, <laughs> we jogged back to the hotel. This was very slow. So far, about 5.20 the K pace here, mainly because Dan had to take a call from his son because someone on Good Morning Britain or something said that his what? son's name sounded like a fart. Oh, right. <laughs> yeah, so that was, that was That's interesting. Nice. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that, <laughs> that was Wednesday. <laughs> that was Wednesday anyway. And uh, the reason we had to get out so early is because we had a, like an internal brand campaign shoot thing. Uh, all day on Wednesday, which essentially is like those little adverts that you see before YouTube videos and that pop up on Instagram. We were mm. with a lovely group of people, um, no ID crew they are on Instagram. So some bloody good runners in that group, to be honest. Um, and they're doing the the speed project, which oh, for cool. anybody who's unaware is the the unsanctioned race from LA to, to Las Vegas across the desert and whatnot in the quickest time possible. So they're all doing that. So it was really cool to meet them. Some lovely, lovely people in that group, like I said. Uh, and that was Wednesday. Had a lovely bit of dinner after that. Um, fantastic evening all round, to be honest. And then Thursday morning, uh, the good thing about staying in a swanky hotel was they had a lovely gym, but there weren't any fans or anything. So it was it was fairly horrendous on the treadmill. Unacceptably but, moist, you described it as. Yeah, unacceptably moist. And Andy liked and, that one as well. No, he didn't. Andy commented, moist is a word that should never be used in public. I think that's a fair um, point, to be fair. Yes. Yeah, so sorry about that, Mr. Hobdell. Um, I hope you can forgive me. But that was 10K, I say easy. Nothing felt easy about that on the treadmill. It was so disgustingly hot. And um, some poor, I felt so sorry for her. This, uh, this I was going to call her a little lady then. That's a bit derogatory, isn't it? Uh, a, a female woman jumped on the, the treadmill next to me and I think she lasted all of about five minutes before <laughs> before uh, a day. Yeah, before jumping off and going on another machine on the other side of the gym. And I don't blame her because by the end of this run, like my treadmill, the treadmills either side of me were just covered in Oh, you're sweat. probably like dripping all over spraying. it. Yeah, I was she spraying. She ain't having that. No. So I'm really, yeah, I, I felt really bad about that. This is what I said to you couple couple weeks back on on the podcast about do you not get self-conscious running on the treadmill yeah because i've seen you sweat like an absolute pig on the yeah on the treadmill as well and i was yeah i was in no fit state to be near any other humans on this run i've got um, a top tip for you if you whack up the speed proper intimidate everyone in, in the gym no one yeah. will come and use the treadmill next to you or just start like grunting just yeah shout come on come on as you're doing it <laughs> Last rep. David Goggins quotes. I know. Yeah, exactly. I mean, get some David Goggins quotes out and just scream them while she's running on the treadmill. Yeah. Cool. Um, yeah. So that was that. And then Friday was our lovely ten-mile run around Regis Park. So I don't need to get too much into that, but that went pretty well. I quite enjoyed it. Uh, and Saturday, right? So Saturday was meant to be just easy, an easy five miles, but I was absolutely buggered after this week. Um, <laughs> I got home, well, not that late on the Friday, but sort of late afternoon-ish on, on that Friday. And I sat on the sofa for probably over an hour and was just like, you know, the only thing I can liken it to is, you know, if you've been on a, on a ferry 
or on a boat or like a, a, a long haul flight. Yeah. And when you get off and you sit down, you still feel like you're moving. Oh, blimey. Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah. Do you know, or like a treadmill. That's probably a, a more logical comparison. If you run on a treadmill for too long and then you get off and you still feel like you're moving a little bit. Yeah. Or an escalator. There's so many different analogies I could use here. Um, <laughs> Pick one and get on with it. <laughs> the only thing I could compare this to is like that, but with voices in my head. Not in oh, a God. psychotic way, but just because I'd been around so many people yeah. all week. Like I hadn't had, apart from going to sleep, I'd been with at least one other person, if not, you know, like at the on store opening at the ASICS event, just hundreds of people just mm. talking in your face. So Socially exhausted. Down, yeah, I could just like hear like fuzzy background like chatter. Mm. And I thought, this is this ain't good. This this probably isn't a healthy thing to be going on in my brain. Um and then I had summer uh, I picked her up a bit later on the Friday. She stayed over and she woke up at about two in the morning because she had a dream that she ate a spider. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and then she woke up about half six that morning, clicking her fingers and singing Harry Styles songs. So Aww. very cute, but I didn't sleep very much. And no. I was, yeah, I was in no fit state to run. So I thought after yesterday, uh, after the day before that 10 miler actually being more like 14 miles. Yeah. Uh, I didn't run and Andy supported my decision. So that was fine. But Smart move. Yeah, very smart. That brings us on to Sunday, which was a bloody good run. So even smarter decision not to run on the Saturday. Um, I had my longest long run. Uh, I titled this on Strava, biggest week since September and longest run since the London Marathon DNF. So it was 14 miles or 22 and a half K. Um, and I got very, I got unexpectedly rolling on this. Um, average 3.55 for the 22.5K, which wasn't necessarily expecting. Um, I thought I'd take it quite easy and then just sort of grow into it a little bit. But I was running low fours, high 3.50s by about 5K into this run. And Good just, stuff. Yeah, just stuck with it and um, felt phenomenal, to be honest. I love um, running like that. I love a run well, like that. It's so good, isn't it? They don't happen that often, but when they do, my God, it's they're, they're those runs where you're, you know, I didn't look at my watch much. I did a little bit just to make sure that I wasn't doing anything stupid and, and running way too fast. But mm. they're one of those where you just, you find that flow and um, it's, yeah, it's, you're like amazed by how easy running feels because I'll run this pace like tomorrow and it will feel like harder, right? Like 355 is not easy for me by any means but on this run it could have been 420s and i'd have been like yeah that felt about right so yeah just got to take it take it when you get it haven't you certainly do happy days um first run in the gel nimbus 25 from asics which i mean i'm really split on this shoe because it felt amazing if you can take a shoe fresh out of the box and run you know uh do your like longest run long since run september it, and feel great in it, like feel really, really good. That's that's a fantastic thing, and I was really excited about it. But then both my feet, like the bottom of my feet, got really hot mm. um, about halfway through this run, like a burning-type sensation, which I've never, ever had before. Um, and then by the end of the run, I had quite a painful and uncomfortable blister forming on the bottom of my right foot, which, again, never get blisters. I couldn't tell you last time I had blisters. And this evening, my feet, like my legs feel great, but my feet just feel quite sore yeah um, which yeah is a shame because it's it's a really nice shoe but fit is spot on like they're not too long uh or, or too short like there's no 
hot spots when I was walking around in them, and I wore one of my favourite pairs of socks as well. So can't blame. Can't the have been the socks it. either. Can't have been the socks. There we go, Scott Cousins. It wasn't the yeah. socks. Yes, Scott. My socks. I know what he means, though. Sometimes if I wear too thick a socks in a shoe, it does cause cause me a bit of irritation. But yeah, yeah, that's but a shame. I'll take them out. Yeah, I'll take them out again uh, this week and see how I get on. But yeah, see if it was just like a breaking in thing. Absolutely. But probably the best thing about this run, um, visually, aside from the actual splits or anything like that, is is the loop. Ben, are you seeing this? I am. Yes. Sorry, I didn't that? even compliment you on that. That's beautiful little loop. Yeah, it, it is one of my favourites. And again, like for everybody who thinks I only do out and backs, no, I've got some cracking loops in the locker, but I've not been running far enough to be able to use them. So mm. now we're back in business. Look at that. That is sensational. And it's got everything. A big fat hill, uh, some nice rolling hills, a <laughs> uh, canal path on, on some of the way back. It's, yeah, special special run that, Ben. Um, I do. Yeah, I get a bit jealous looking at that, to be honest with you. I'd have liked to have done that one. I'll, I'll take you on it one day, Ben. Don't you worry. Oh, if I'm ever down in Bradford upon Avon, it's such so far away. Nah, it's all right. Three hours on a train from you. From Easy. me, three hours. Yeah, you I'll can take do it, it three hours. All right, make it happen. I haven't got um, a spare room, but you can have like we could either get all cuddled up in in the bed or um... <laughs> I sleep on the floor. <laughs> yeah, or you can sleep on the floor, whatever you'd prefer. Um, but I'd probably take the former option if I was you. Bring um, a sleeping bag. Nice little cuddle. Anyway, that was 95.72 kilometres for the week, uh, which, considering there was a rest day in there, is by far my biggest week. Yeah, that's massive. In a long time. Good um, stuff. Did you get any stick, by the way, from Andy in, from, for, <laughs> um, for running your 10 miles on Thursday? No, I didn't, actually. No? Um, that's good. Andy seems to just... like if, I, if I'm a bit worried about whether I ran, like, running too fast, like, when we ran too far... Yeah. Uh, he didn't have a problem with it at all. He just said it was a good run. And yeah. then today, when I was rolling on this long run, I thought, Whoa, should I should I deliberately like put the put the brakes on a bit here? Is Andy gonna be angry if I'm yeah. rolling like three fifties on a long run? And um he wasn't. He was delighted. So it seems like the secret is uh just run just run everything fast. There we uh, go. No easy so running yeah. at all. No easy for running. Tom Fyden. No easy running at all. Uh gets you fit that does, but yeah, probably also injured. <laughs> um, but yeah, that was my week. Lovely stuff. Should we move on to some uh, race results, some running news this week? Yeah, go on then. So there's quite a lot of uh, indoor races that happened this week, um, and a lot of times that I don't know. Some people might might not be able to relate to because obviously they're all times that, like me, me, you, even Callum probably are, are never going to reach that sort of time um, for these races. So I've got here written in the show notes. If you never watched any indoor races then Google some of these results and watch the highlights because that's what I do when I see ridiculous uh, times like this. Watch the races and, yeah, get really invested and in pretty quickly. Um, so I'm going to go through some of the indoor races. Um, I'll start off with the one that I've uh, got here is probably my most impressive result. Uh, and the winner of that award goes to Yared Nagus. Uh, he ran 3.47 for the second fastest indoor mile of all time. Uh, and another name to mention in that same race was um, Neil Gawley. He ran 3.49. He's a great British runner. And Ollie Hoare, uh, the Australian, ran 3.50, equaling the national record. You know it's a fast race when there's a national record in third place. Um, so, yeah, that was a Unless pretty impressive like a National record for Malta yeah. or something. But, yeah. But no, I think it just shows, again, that on, uh, they've 
number one, done an, an amazing job at recruiting athletes, but they've yeah. also clearly got a spike, which is as good as anything else out there. Because uh, Jarrett Nagoose, he, um, what did he run for 3K? Something disgusting. The American, it was American record, wasn't it? Was yeah, yeah. A few yeah. Weeks ago. yeah, so he's flying at the moment. Um, I think his last 200 was in 25 something yeah, seconds. It's mad. Yeah, it makes me feel sick. That I day. don't think I'll ever run a 25 second 200, let alone in a in a race. Yeah, I, 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 yeah, I don't understand it. I don't understand how you can be that fast. Um, so good running anyway. from him. Other yeah. another big result was um, Josh Kerr. That have worked towards the end of last year, which were not necessarily as impressive as, as some of his form he showed. I think it's in 2021. He was, he was incredible. He was sort of unstoppable at some point. Mm. Um, in 2022, he probably wasn't quite the runner he probably hoped to be. And this year, he started off with, I think he ran like a half marathon like about a month, two months ago, which is classic uh, Josh Kerr. And then t- today, he ran 7.33 for 3,000 metres. Which yeah is insane. I think it for him it was like a minute p minute and a half PB because he doesn't usually race a three thousand meters. But um, yeah, phenomenal run from him. Again, his last lap was in like I can't remember the time now, but fifty four I want to say maybe even quicker. Yeah, and he did it in sunglasses indoors as well, which is yeah tremendous. He's definitely for Brown like Brooks, right? Who let's not sugarcoat things are not the most exciting or desirable. He is their one, I'd say he's their one saving grace. They've got Des Linden, right? And they've yep. got Josh Kerr, who make Brooks relevant. Yeah, I uh, agree. Yeah, God bless him for that. That was class. I enjoyed it. And uh, yeah, fellow podcast host, uh, Geordie Beamish, big fan of Geordie on the on the Coffee Club podcast. He ran 7.36 for a New Zealand national record as well. So I thought I'd give him a mention. Good stuff from him. Um, on to the women's 3000 meters again at the uh, mill is it called the Milrose Games? I think this one, yeah, something like that. I haven't, to be honest, I haven't fully caught up with, with the results because these have only just sort of happened as we're recording. Um, but Alicia Monson ran 8.25 for 3k, that is absolutely rapid. Um, for an American record, and the NCAA record was also broken in the same race by uh, Caitlin Tui in 835 which yeah some amazing running there in that women's 3000 meters um a couple of other results on the indoor scene to mention femke bowl ran 49 seconds um for the fourth fastest time of all time indoors for the 400 meters and laura muir also ran at the milrose games in the mile race and she ran 420 for the win i think that was quite a tactical race i think it started quite slow um especially for for laura standard and uh, yeah, she kicked down to get the win for her, for a second win in in a couple of weeks. So yeah, she's looking looking on form again, which is good to see. Yeah, absolutely. But by far, my favourite piece of news for the week is um, thirteen year old Noah Homer, who yeah. ran it was yeah fifteen thirteen for Parkrun. Is insane. Thirteen years old. That is absolutely crazy. I think I was building Lego models and pretending to be an aeroplane when I was 13, <laughs> running 15, 13 for, for 5K. I just can't imagine being able to run that quick at a park run, let alone at 13 years old. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Different breed. Different breed. Um, 
seriously though, it's, it's interesting though, isn't it, to see like if you've got someone who's clearly got that level of talent at that sort of age. Mm. I wonder how you nurture <clears> that <throat> as his parents or as a coach. Like a thirteen-year-old, that must be tough. Yeah, it's not like you've got a twenty-something-year-old where you can drill with training and you know, and they already got some life experience behind them. You're talking about a thirteen-year-old. Yeah. Um, I guess it's a case of just sort of maintaining his current training intensity and just basically allowing for time for him to to grow and develop naturally. And um, if he's running 15 at 13, when he's like 17, 18, yeah. he's going to be like, I don't know, you'd, you'd think he'd be up there with the likes of Henry McClucky, who brings us on to our next bit of news, won the Amar, is that how you say it? I never know how yeah. to say it. Amar oh, 5K. Um, out in in Ireland, which is on my bucket list to do, actually, it looks like such a fun race. I'm not sure if Amar is uh, the biggest town in in Ireland, but um, it holds one of the the fastest 5k road races, um, and it was won this year by Henry McClucky in 13:37 for a course record. I watched the highlights; it was a pretty impressive race. Do you yeah. see any of it? Uh, I haven't seen any of this year's yet. No, I need to need to catch up on it. Um, mm. But there's some great YouTube videos, like the year that um, I think Adam Clark won, where they've got the full race at the back of a car, which is quite yeah. funny in parts because you've got the uh, the driver being like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa, slow down!" To the, um, <laughs> <laughs> to the uh, yeah, on the moped when they're trying to film out the back of it. But yes, yeah, it's, it's a proper blood and guts type race. That and like you is. say, one for the one for the bucket list. Um, um, and I also want to give a couple list. of people uh, a mention. Before we move on, I'm just loading up the race results here so I don't get the times wrong. But Alfie Manthorpe of Trackstar had an absolute cracking race, probably a bit of a, a breakthrough race, I think, for him, running 13.48 for eighth place, which is yeah. is yeah phenomenal running from, from Alfie. Um, Adam Craig, the New Balance uh, Manchester runner who's been out in uh, America doing a bit of altitude training, came 10th in 13.49. Just a second behind him was uh, Cambridge and collegiate athlete Jack Gray, um, one of Callum's uh, teammates, uh, ahead of Phil Sessman. So when you're beating Phil Sessman um, oh. in a race like that, you you know you've had a good one. So, yeah, credit to Jack and, and Alfie there, sort of the lesser known names in terms of um, racing pedigree here in the UK. And they've absolutely yeah taken a big scalp there. How many, um, how many, have you got the results up at the moment? How many lads mm. went sub 14? Sub 14, uh, eight, 18 sub 14. <laughs> that is mad. Oh my god, that is deep. And what was because I did this last time, um, it must have been the race like a few years ago now, like pre COVID times. But what was the who came last? What was the last result? Oh, I think it will make I don't you... know if it even shows me that far down. Does it not? I'm gonna have, I'll be scrolling for a little while. Oh, yeah, yeah. Go on. Have I'll tell you what though, you look, can. I've got down to 133. Yeah. And they're still sub 15. <laughs> so I'm gonna leave it there. That is yeah, yeah a phenomenally fast race. 100 percent on my bucket list. Um starts at about 8 30 at night, so it's yeah, pretty unique in that sense. Um yeah, we should do it. I need to get a bit faster first, but um Yeah, I think there's like a minimum race road entry, road. isn't there? Yeah, it's you can't just rock up and run. Probably it like sub 16, run. I think. I think it's because um, when I looked at the results last time, the person who came absolute dead last ran like 16.10 or something. Right. Um, I that think that's, that's about right. So, yeah, so it's it's so deep. But that would be a fun little trip away, wouldn't it? Certainly would. Yeah, um, next year maybe. Before we move on, there was also a women's 3K race. 
um, which was won by Alexandra Bell, another uh, Adidas athlete. She ran 9.02. And Kari Hughes, another on athlete, was in second. And Kali, Kali or Kali? Kali? Kali Thackeray was in third place. Um, So she's shown shown some good form there, especially she's more suited to the the 10K, I'd say, 10K and half marathon runner. So to come third in a 3K race is pretty damn good. Absolutely. And then, um, yeah, I suppose, bloody hell, there's been a lot of news this week, hasn't there? Like race results and stuff. Yeah. Um, Jimmy Grettier, who's a personal favourite, I think he just, yeah, he looks the dog's bollocks and he's he's not a bad little runner either. Uh, He broke the European record for 5K in 13-12 over in Monaco. And this race, is this the race where, um, uh, bloody hell, what's the name? Chapter guy. Yeah, I think it is. World record before. Yeah. It looks like a beautiful course. This just dead flat down the um down the Monaco seafront. Mm. Um, but yeah, some run that thirteen twelve, and I don't think he was in. There was a sweat elite video from uh, maybe maybe as much as a couple of months ago where he wasn't in particularly great oh, yeah, shape. He was one. out. Yeah, he was doing um doing some training with Mike Foppen. Mm. Um, in yeah, in Font Romeau, I think, and yeah, he was saying he's not in great shape at the moment, and so on and so forth. So. He's definitely going all right now. Certainly is. He usually has a pretty good um, celebration when he crosses the finish line first. So I'll have to go and find that race and and see what he did. But I wouldn't yeah. be surprised. I think he's he's hurdled the um, the finishing tape before, and sometimes yeah, he pretends to be a lion. Sometimes he does all this weird, wacky <laughs> stuff. So um, yeah, he's the one for the fans. Which reminds me. Which reminds me. Before uh, before we go into listen to questions or anything like that, we had an amazing idea whilst me, Callum and Ben were together in London. Um, for Callum, when he races, uh, it's this weekend coming, isn't it? 18th. Yeah, it's on yeah. on Saturday. We need to come up with a celebration for him to do, regardless of where he comes in the field, whether <laughs> he comes, you know, 37th, right? He still has to do this celebration. Think like in the World Cup when um, that kid did the celebration that Jack Grealish had to do and then Jack Grealish did it when he scored and it was this big hoo-ha. We need our valued listeners to come up with a celebration for Callum that he has to do. Um, 100%. So we'll stick a little post up on Instagram and I don't know how you're going to send in your, uh, your ideas for this. You can, you know, well, you can do it two ways. I reckon you can either record yourself doing the celebration and if you've got <laughs> the guts, put it on your <laughs> Instagram story and tag on it three ways podcast, <laughs> which you're probably not going to do. Let's be honest. Um, if not, just send it into the into the into the Instagram privately, and we'll have a little watch and a giggle. Make sure you allow us to to replay the video because there's three of us that need to to view this great celebration. And um, yeah, we'll get Callum to do it out in Australia. He's racing at 4:30 a.m. on on Sunday in terms of British time. So I don't know if I'll be able to get up in time to watch that, but I would like to. To be honest, I have to find a live stream or something. Well, good thing about having kids. My uh, my lovely daughter will probably be up singing bloody Harry <laughs> Styles at that time. Yeah, exactly. So, so you'll be watching. I'll watch it with her. <laughs> and that's the first race as well, the mixed relay. So okay. if you get up four thirty, then you can watch the rest as well while while you're having your cereal. So I might do that. You Tremendous. know, if if yeah. I can. Um, uh, the only other thing to mention: Seville Marathon is coming up this weekend. Uh, it is indeed. Yeah, I I couldn't tell you who's actually in the field off the top of my head but i know there's lots of it's going to be quick like yeah mainly from a domestic standpoint like personal interests yeah. um tom anderson who paced me for the winter run 10k 
is is running. It's not his debut, but it's going to be his first, I think, real like proper mm. marathon. His first marathon under the great Andy Hobdell. So that'll be exciting. Um, but yeah, we'll we'll have that to recap next week, which should be should be good fun. Yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing now a couple of people run there. Um, yeah. It's meant to be a pretty fast one out in Spain. I think a lot of people were saying after I didn't have a great run in um, in Valencia that I should just come and do the the Seville one and sort of rewrite yeah. the record. Um, but I didn't get around to it, so I'm out to Osaka in two weeks instead. Yeah, off to Japan. <laughs> yeah, didn't fancy Spain. Got got the call up from Japan, so um, yeah, slightly more attractive. Yeah, uh, we'll jump yeah. into some listeners' questions, shall we? I think we should, and this time. Uh, let's yeah, let's do it as a little bit of a quick fire. So I can see you've written down what maybe ten questions yeah. here. I reckon we take one, yeah, take it in turns and just try and rattle through them. Sounds good. Yeah, these are all from Instagram, by the way. We put a little poll out on the Instagram story. Send us in some questions for tonight's episode, and these are what we got. So if you sent us an email during the week, we'll get around to those in next week's show. Um, but yeah, do you want to start us off with the first question? Go on then. Uh, first one, how do you maintain fitness with shin splints? That's actually a good question because I can relate. Um, I think about six months into my running journey. God, I hate saying that out loud, running journey, but it's not, I can't really find another way of explaining it. My illustrious it. career. My career as a runner. Yeah. <laughs> um, I got shin splints and I maintained fitness by doing a few things. So obviously the the most obvious one is to do cross training in replace of your your easy runs um, and then still do your track workouts and and your faster stuff if you can if your if your shins allow you to basically um do all your easy runs on the cross trainer and uh yeah supplement your training with that another one that i would recommend doing in terms of shin splints is buying yourself some max cushion shoes because at the time i was running everything in the nike pegasus turbo which was probably one of the best shoes of all time um, but it has, doesn't have a lot of stack height in in that shoe so i went to a local running shop out in sweden and they recommended the hocker bondi i think it was the six at the time and yeah it was such a good shoe for for shin splints i took it out of the shop for the first run and i basically had my first pain-free run in about two or three months so um just that extra bit of cushioning just helped protect my legs a little bit um i don't have you ever had shin splints tom I haven't. No, I love how I said let's let's do this as quick fire, and it's turned into um, Ben Felton's life story. Yeah, <laughs> I don't <laughs> no, do quick I'm, fire. I'm only joking. I'm only joking. That's yeah, solid answer. I've never had shin splints myself, but I'd agree with absolutely everything you say. Cross train, um, you know, put your feet up against the wall and all that sort of jazz. Um, also, stretch your calves out a lot. Yeah, that's a good shout. The only time I've had anything that sort of resembles shin splints, sometimes I'll get like a bit of post tib which is in that shin splint type arena of like numb pain, I think. Um, it's normally just because my calves are really tight. So stretch your calves out, uh, cross train, get yourself some lovely, jubbly max cushion shoes and hopefully you'll be right as rain in no time. Yeah. And also seek professional advice as well. Yeah. Don't listen to us. No. Don't listen to anything either of us just said no um, in fact just skip this whole listeners question section and yeah go and, see uh, a physio yeah go see a physio definitely so on to the second question um what is your favorite post-race meal tom what did you have after your, your 10k in london so well that's a bad example because i had a sausage uh, a vegan sausage sandwich um mm, not bad yeah not bad not bad but at the moment i've got a hyper fixation on vanilla yogurt and granola 
Oof. Oh, just fun. I just can't. I can't stop eating it. Um, so that's. I've never tried coming. that, but it does sound pretty good. Oh, it's delicious. Quick and easy. Um, decent mix of. <laughs> I always feel stupid when I talk about macros and your your proteins and your nutrients, but <laughs> you get a nice little mix in there. Um, good stuff. And it's bloody lovely. So yeah, that's that's mine. Uh, as far as like a quick five minute meal goes. Yeah. Yours, um, well, after my race today, I actually had a bacon roll. So. That's my post-race meal. I don't have a sort of traditional one that I always go for, but it's usually some sort of fast food, to be honest with you. Yeah. Yeah, perfect. Number um, three. Okay, next one. What's the main difference between a daily trainer and a recovery trainer? Let's not talk for half hour about this. No, we could. it's ma- mainly for me, it's just a little bit more cushion, softer, a softer shoe with a slightly higher stack height. Would you agree? Yeah, yeah I'd say the same. Daily mileage is a shoe that you know you can take out and do basically every run of the week in. Um, mm-hmm. Whereas like a more recovery-focused shoe is one that you wouldn't necessarily want to do your long running. You wouldn't definitely want to do any steady running or some like strides or sessions in. But it's just like a luxury. I'd say the, a recovery day shoe is like a luxury shoe, right? It's one that you get out when you really need to pamper, pamper your legs, treat yourself. Exactly, yeah. Next question is, how much faster would Ben run without a moustache? It's a good question. I'm not going to shave it off, so we'll never know. I think you're slower. slower. Slower, yeah, 100%. Bit, yeah, it's part of your identity. It's just who you are now. Yeah, it's my little logo on, on YouTube, so I can't get rid of it now. Stuck okay. with it. Uh, next one. What's your progress in the running scene looked like? First race. So I'm imagining that's like uh, from your first race to now, right? Yeah. I think that's a pretty good question, actually. And because I, I read this ahead of time, I've actually got my first race um, up here um, for reference. And I ran 38.35 for a 10K out in Sweden called Husrusket. That's probably cool. a terrible pr- pronunciation. Cool. Husrusket, something like that. Fantastic. Um, and that was three years and three months ago. And I've improved seven minutes and 21 seconds since then. So, yeah, that was good to look back on it, especially after today's performance not being quite as good as I would have liked. Um, mm. It was nice to just sort of ground yourself and be like, well, hang on a sec. I've only been running for about three or four years here and I've, I've made quite a big improvement. So I'm, I'm pretty chuffed with that one. How about you, Tom? What's your progress yeah. look like? So I just got up my first ever race and my improvement's been a bit shit, to be honest. Oh, no. Um, <laughs> So my first ever race was July 2019 and I ran 35.45 for 10k. Faster than my Um, first race. Yeah, but I've only run 33.53 since then. So I've only cut, what, less than two minutes off that. You started too quick. You should have run a dodgy one to start with. This is what I was saying about why I'm not going to celebrate like a PB at the moment Mm. because I should like based off where I know I could and should probably be at mm. like it. Yeah. 33 is not in my head, a, a fair representation of, of where I could be at this stage. So yeah, that's quite sobering really. 35, 45 for my first race. It's pretty damn good. Isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Bloody hell. That might be all right at this running malarkey after all. Just need to yeah. get S- string get a few active. years together. Races. Um, anyway, next one. Uh, Oh, you could, uh, I'll ask it because I've already started. But what are your long-term running goals, Ben? That is a good question. Um, for me, long-term running goals. I don't really think too far ahead. 
for me, I just want to keep enjoying running, enjoying progressing, getting new PBs. One thing I have, I would like to do is sort of get into uh, a marathon as a sort of sub elite athlete. Um, I think to do that for London, you need to run 218. Um, and that's definitely a long-term goal for me. I'd love to be seen as more of, of an elite when it comes to the marathon distance. Um, in terms of 10K and 5K, probably sub 14 for 5K and sub 30 for 10K is probably where I see my my long-term sort of limits and goals at. What about you, Tom? Yeah, nice. So went over some numbers last week, but in terms of uh, <laughs> shorter long-term goals, mm. Running fifteen sub fifteen thirty for five k, uh, thirty one something for ten k, and sub seventy for half within the next year. But longer term, get as good as I bloody possibly can. To be honest, reach ceiling in it, mm-hmm. and then probably start cycling when I'm <laughs> about forty five. That's my long term running goal. Do you have any go- any goals to do like some crazy wacky stuff like run a hundred miles no. in a day? Nothing doesn't interest you at all. Not remotely, like not even in the slightest. There is not a single part of me that wakes up in the morning and thinks, "Oh, I've quite fancy the idea of an ultra." Just no, yeah, not at all. I like running laps around housing estates and industrial estates. Uh, I do not really enjoy running up really steep hills, unless it's like purely for pleasure. Unless it's like you're going on a little bit of an adventure, uh, and you're not really like counting it as a run, but you're going on like a hike or something. That would be fun. Um, but ultras, no, in the bin. No chance, never. Fair enough. The reason I asked that, because one of my first ever races I did, um, again, in Sweden. God, I talk about that a lot, don't I? You get bored of that. I, j- I just love Sweden so much, guys. Such a I love country. it. Yeah, it's just so, like, Where Scandi. I my now. craft. Yeah. Um, yeah, go on. Um, I, did, I did an ultra as one of my first races. Um, of course you did. <laughs> and it was called... a front yard race front yard is the opposite of a backyard which is basically you do a loop um every hour and it starts on the hour every hour and it's whoever can complete the most laps in an in a in a slotted time wins and this yeah. front yard version you basically started off at a set pace so let's just say it was eight minutes a kilometer it was probably even slower than that to be honest with you maybe 12 minutes a kilometer and you had a four 5k loop to complete in a lovely uh sort of wooded area all on the trails and then you went back to the race hq and you sort of ticked yourself off you got back into the basically um what's the best way to describe it like the zone basically where you you'd made it to the next lap and you were able to start the next next one again and every lap got 30 seconds per kilometer quicker in terms of the cutoff time so it was basically who could go the longest and get 30 seconds per kilometer quicker every lap so i think i averaged um i think i ran about 50 kilometers for this race 44 kilometers (laughs) if i remember um and i actually came third which was like i was like what this is like one of my first ever races and yeah I came third with all these like nutty Swedish blokes. Um, but yeah, it was a really good experience. I think it suited me quite well, to be honest with you, because a lot of the guys that were, they were doing it probably could... psycho. That's why. Yeah, that is right. Are... Yeah. But a lot of the guys could probably have run, I don't know, maybe three times the distance I possibly could have run, but because it was getting quicker and I was a relatively quick runner to those guys. Um, yeah, I was able to compete to a pretty, pretty high standard. Um, it was called the, yeah, front yard, FNT front yard, if you want to look it up. 
Um, so I might do something like that as well, long term, something a bit wacky. Um, Maybe I was a bit hasty, Ben, in hindsight. Yeah. Maybe I was a bit hasty. I don't, I don't think never, ever, but not for not for a long time. I don't see myself doing something like that until I've exhausted all possibilities of getting faster. Yeah. Okay. Um, I'm not going to just jump into some like bloody backyard ultra race no. next week. Um, okay. Well, that, that answers my next question then. You don't fancy doing one with me and later in the year then? No. No, I'll crew you. I'll like run along. Come and camp, camp in a field by. for a couple of days. Yeah, I'll pass you some some cliff bars or whatnot along. All right the then, uh, I'll take that. You're actually. not doing an ultra, are you? No, I'm not. I haven't got any plans to. But I... no, don't, please, please, please don't. Please oh, don't, Ben. It's so much fun, mate. You just got to push yourself sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> I know I can. I know I can run a marathon. I know I can do a 10k. But I don't know if I can run round laps and laps for 24 hours. You know. Yeah, just got, just got to give it a go every now and again. Find mm. find out about yourself, stuff you never knew. You've been reading too many self help books. Yeah, you? I have, but Proper. no, I do. I do like doing events where it's not all about time and stuff like that. So yeah, no, no, yeah, it's cool. It is good fun. Anyway, what, quick, what question do we get really up to? Yeah, long t- was it long term running goals? Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's it a good question. Thanks for that one. Um, the next question is: What are good times for each distance for a hobby runner? Now, I think because we're supposed to be doing this as a quick fire, I would yeah. just throw some numbers out there that when I was first starting, I thought would be decent mm. for like a, a hobby runner, as, as this person says. So I think 5K well, is the obvious benchmark, yeah, right? If you run sub pick. 20, you're in shape. For 10K, if you run sub 40, you're in shape. For a half yeah. marathon, if you run in the region of like 125-ish, you're in good nick, I'd say. Those yeah. are probably the three that stand One, out. One thirty for half marathon, I think, is is very yeah. good for a hobby runner. Yeah, I think so. But it depends, right? It's like you say, you ran thirty eight something for your first for your first ten k, which mm. it might be totally out of the realms of possibility for for some people. So it's relative. But those, as a quick answer, those are probably some numbers that would spring to mind for me. Yeah. Now, Ben, what are your go to running socks? Yeah, my favorite at the moment are from shoe which are an australian uh company but actually set up by a brit s h y u and they very kindly sent me some to try out and yeah they've been my favorite socks ever since they do socks that match your uh race day shoes and they also have some training socks as well which are very comfortable and now that i've got a a few pairs it's hard to to put anything else on to be honest with you how about you yeah i um i totally agree i think they they make well, some of my favourite socks, um, not just because they match the shoes, which is, yeah, always obviously, a, a, yeah, always a bonus. I, I just think they're really comfy, nice amount of padding. Some socks that you get are too thin, so I really like like the Nike Spark socks. I think they are. I mm. think they're great, but they're a pain in the ass to get on for for one thing, uh, and they don't tend to last that long. So, yeah, it, if we're talking just all-round favourite sock. It's either the shoe socks or just an OG pair of Stance, like the Stance light socks, mm-hmm. like the super lightweight ones. Um, they're lovely. But racing-wise, it probably is the Nike ones, to be honest, just because they are like little, I don't know, they're just so thin, aren't they? Love a thin so sock. Thin, breathable. Yep. Um, right, a couple more. Go on, Ben. 
So being slower than last year for the same race, this is targeted to me. Does that mean Ben is a more marathon ready? Well, good, you know, good question. That. We'll find out, won't we? So last last year I did, I ran thirty two oh one, and I ran two twenty eight for my first marathon. Uh, and yeah, in two weeks I'm going to try and run quicker than that. So hopefully um, it does mean I'm in more marathon shape. I've definitely been training more for the marathon than I was at this point last year. Mm. Um, and to be honest, when I finished the ten k race today, I probably could have done another lap at a fairly similar effort to what I did. Um, the 10k lap in so yeah that's definitely a good sign for me in terms of the marathon obviously it being a much longer race um and i haven't done a lot of speed work so yeah i think i'm going to say yes because i was slower today it means i'm more tailored towards the marathon but i never know i mean no i actually, I actually think that like, you're you're absolutely spot on mm. um when i read this question first i was like yeah almost 100 percent. i would say you're in better marathon shape now now obviously translating that to one specific day mm. is another story like anything could happen you could find it difficult to adjust to the air or the travel or any of those above factors but yeah generally speaking on paper you're definitely more marathon fit now i reckon yeah i would agree but time will tell only time will tell it will um okay last well penultimate question race day pet hates i don't really know don't know what that question really means. Do you you got an example? Yeah. Start pens for me. When yeah. um you get if you're not getting an elite start, when you're sort of squashed into your wave 20 minutes, 25 minutes before the race starts, and you're just standing there like an idiot, stuffed mm. into someone else's armpit, like yeah, inhaling their good. body odor. Oh, I can't stand it, especially in the winter. And um, yeah, for someone uh for someone who struggles in environments like that anyway, like just being around that many people squashed together, I absolutely hate it. I can't stand a race start line personally. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's exciting and you're like, Oh, this is good. Like the adrenaline's pumping, but being that close to people, like to the point where you can almost taste them is, uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's not for me. So that's what I hate the most about race day. Fair enough. One thing that comes to mind for me is sort of queuing for the port loose I mean, it is part and parcel of every race, and I wouldn't change it, but it's not necessarily a nice thing to do, is it, before you race, having to queue for half an hour when you're think, looking at the clock, being like, oh, shit, am I actually going to make it to the start line because yeah. the queue's so long? Um, so, yeah, and that's one like... of the reasons why I didn't enjoy Valencia, the start of Valencia, because the toilet situation was just not fun. Um, no. So, yeah, that would be one thing I'd change. Especially if you're, like, front of the queue and all you can hear is, Graham in, in the cubicle in front of you just pushing out pushing out his last pre-race shit oh, I love oh, the noises and everyone's so quiet in the queues for the toilets as well because no one really wants to talk to each other everybody's just doing that awkward like bopping up and down like shaking their legs out stuff so all you can hear is people going to the toilet lovely um, yeah what a lovely way to end the show yeah we have got one last question, though. Um, I'll go for it because I've started. He says, this question was, should you use a park run to target a 5K PB? What's your opinion on that? I know Callum would definitely say probably not. Do, no. do a proper race. Nah, I, I don't think so. I think it depends on what level of uh, you're at with your running, I suppose. If you want like a, a proper 5K PB that's going to look sexy on para 10 and whatnot, 
you're not going to get that with a with a park run, are you? It just comes up as park run PD. Yeah. So yeah. on that basis, if you're looking for a proper, like juicy 5k PB that you can tell your gran about, then um, do a do a proper race. Get yourself to like Battersea Park Friday night under the lights or one of them. And fair enough. Yeah, give it I'll, a proper bash. To be honest with you, I would go completely against that and be like, yeah, hundred percent. If you want to target a 5k PB, then get down to your local park run, especially for you know the majority of people that, are, that run in the UK. A park run is more than you know. It's measured. It's usually a measured course. You're doing it at an accurate time. There's no yeah. reason why you can't go down there and try and run a 5k PB. Uh, for most people, it will be you know, it people will be like, yeah, you ran a 5k PB at park run. Unless you're like sub elite, elite, it's not going to count. So. Yeah, yeah, so you make me feel bad now because I do. I completely agree. I completely agree with what you're saying. Yeah, what, but from uh, I've just assumed the tone of this message has come in from someone who's thinking like they want to run fast. Yeah, over a five k. Should they use the park run to do that to get mm. a five k PB? And for that, I'd say no. But if yeah. you are just looking to run the quickest you've ever run over five k, then you know I'd rock up Absolutely to the park no reason run. Absolutely no reason why you can't. So yeah, yeah, yeah. It's all gravy. Thinking back to my roots as well. It's where I started at Parkrun. Trying to run a 5K every week. Nah. Actually, this was, this was in the UK when I was about 17, when I went down to my local Parkrun. I only went for about three or four weeks, but trying to get a PB every week, as you do. <laughs> <laughs> I remember Parkrun, actually. I love those I days. I first ever Parkrun in like 23 minutes, and I remember Googling when I got home, like, is this, like, am time. I an elite runner now? Yeah. Right? Um <laughs> yeah good old parkrun parkrun's amazing by the way just as a little side note i think it's yeah one of definitely the real shining lights of the uh the the everyday running community um 100%. on that note ben felton from ben is running um <laughs> we've gone for nearly 90 minutes again just us two haven't we happy days yes we have yeah it's a pretty good time to wrap it all up then um so. just a reminder if you'd like to uh submit your questions to our podcast we've got an email run it three ways podcast at gmail.com so send in your questions over there follow us on instagram run it three ways uh, make sure uh, you drop us a little rating it really helps in terms of pushing it to other people um, i think we hit 200 reviews on on spotify this week we're lacking a little bit on apple apple podcast so if you listen on apple podcast then yeah drop us a, a five star rating if you think we're worth it if not don't bother uh, but yeah that's pretty much it for this week would you say Tom yeah yeah I was gonna say yeah just on that point it's bloody amazing how many of you have left a, a review I was having a little look the other day not that we're competitive in the slightest but <laughs> you know we've got more reviews on Spotify than the Runners World podcast than the Sweat Elite podcast than Insight Jogging podcast like the list is endless and that's <laughs> um that's all down to our wonderful valued listeners isn't it Ben it is indeed and we're growing probably about 400 listeners per week per episode and i think that is down to people giving us good feedback good um rating sharing it with your friends so yeah from me and tom we just want to say a big thank you for for supporting the podcast and i'm sure callum if he was here he would (laughs) also be singing uh your praises so yeah thanks for that um but yeah looking looking ahead anything to look forward to this week tom um a quiet week at work hopefully happy days i'm actually home this week which was nice. nice i went mental on ikea last night because I, i'm in desperate need of some furniture in yeah. my house that i've barely lived in 
Um, and so I should get have some furniture arriving this week. Lovely. I've got Thursday and Friday off work completely. Gonna have a gonna have a merry a merry old time, I think, on on Thursday and Friday. Good and, stuff. Um, yeah, lots of lots of running. A bit more uh, a bit more volume again this week by the looks of it. I've got a double day tomorrow. First double day since probably like early September. So that's wow. exciting. Um, yeah, life life is good, Ben. Life is very good. What about yourself? Yeah, so for me, it's it's the start of the taper for Japan. Um, probably do a couple of solid sessions this week. Well, probably not too many. I say solid. I haven't really planned it out yet, to be honest with you. I wrote my own training plans, usually on a on a weekly basis as well. So I'm not quite sure what I've got in store for me. I usually like to do um, <laughs> a solid effort sort of 10 days out from the marathon so that last bigger session uh, at sort of marathon intensity will be on from 10 days out but i can't tell you when that is yet so i need to sit down and figure it out not not sure what i've got in store for me no yeah (laughs) i'll speak i'll tell you i'll speak to coach ben after this and then see what he's got but i haven't i haven't had time to to speak to him yet so we'll we'll see you have to tune in to next week's episode to find out what i got up to amazing um, all right, let's uh, let's get out of here, shall we? It's past my bedtime. It is indeed. Well, thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week. Cheers, guys. Bye bye.